0: Hey, hey, y'all, this is Nicolette, and you're listening to Definitely Not For Everyone. Well, we're still in a pandemic. We just went into phase one, I think. We're about the second week into phase one for NYC. Um, and we're just kind of checking up on our friends, you know, calling them up, zooming, zooming them, trying to see how they're doing, how they're coping, what's going on, how they're feeling. Um, and the reason why I'm doing that is because I feel like a lot of people are feeling a ways about a lot of the things that are going on. And maybe hearing it from somebody else will help you to feel not so alone. You know, maybe the voice that you're hearing on the podcast will make you think, oh, I, I think that, too. I, I feel that way, too. Um, so the intention In this and all future conversations is to talk about how we feel. Um, So again, so you all might not feel so alone to get some perspective and maybe even find some hope. I am here with Margarita, Michael, and David. You know how we do. So define yourself. Two or three things for the audience, please. Um, If not that, then tell me something that you love doing. So I'll go ahead and go first then. Um, Shoot, y'all know me. I am half Japanese, half black. Um, I mean, I said this the last two episodes, but I love to curse. Um, I love to have sex with my husband. Um, (laughs) Um, I'm a mother, obviously. I am a wife, I'm a sister. Um, yeah. David, you're up next.
1: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough act to follow.
2: I I know. I guess uh, this uh, lockdown's been going well for me.
0: (laughs) It really has. He's been stepping up, y'all, like making dinner and shit. Like, it's, I'm impressed. I'm impressed.
3: Nice, David.
2: (laughs) Uh. What, what am I, right now, I'm loving the Run the Jewels album number four. If anybody's listening to that, that's what I'm loving right now. I'm not going to do anything else. I think that's it. Yeah. That's I'm it? loving Run the Jewels number four. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: going to have to listen
0: to that one.
1: <laughs>
0: um, Margarita, Michael. Yeah. Do you want
1: to go? Yeah, I'll go. Um, so I'm Michael. Uh, I am a sports fan of. Uh, especially basketball, football, golf. And...
0: <laughs> especially all the sports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Right now I'm currently just more of an observer because uh, I am I'm laid up from surgery. So, um, But also I am a very, I would say I'm a very curious observer, observer of uh, human behavior. So I really, over the course of my life, I think, have experienced many things that have uh, been a very uh, thought-provoking to me from childhood to now. And recent events, of course, have pushed a lot of those feelings back to the surface. So, yeah. um So being a sort of a self-professed keen observer of human behavior, that's, I think, helped me in my quest to be a really good father, uh, husband, son, brother, that kind of thing. So,
0: oh, I love that answer, man.
1: I'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's oh, <just> beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Damn.
3: I know. Um, so, I'm Margarita, and I am a Filipino American from Queens. Um, I am a mother, a wife, a sister. And, you know, with everything going on, I have been a student of uh, learning how to be um, an allied anti-racist. It's been very important for me lately.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
3: Um, All right, so
0: let's get it in, (laughs) y'all. The loaded question. I mean, I think we'll start talking about the pandemic first, if that's okay, because that feels like it's like, the least of our problems right now. Um, But how are you feeling? Has this pandemic been difficult for you? Like, how have you been handling it? What have you been doing to make it okay for you?
3: So I don't know if you know, but I was sick. I was very sick with COVID um, in March. And um, for two weeks, it was like, uh, I don't even remember a lot of things that happened during those two weeks. Wow. Um, and it took me about a month to fully, to like get over those symptoms. And I still am experiencing some residual um, effects from the illness, you wow. know, I walk around with an inhaler now, which I never had to use before, mm-hmm. never had asthma. Um, so there's like things that are um, still left from that, that are a little traumatizing for me. Yeah. Um, it frightens me to think about going back to work at the hospital, at the doctor's office, um, just because that was like an awful, awful experience for me. Um, but I did find out that I have an abundance of antibodies, as I was told. So <laughs> this, so I'm now going to be making my third donation of plasma on Thursday, um, mm-hmm. and that has That's helped amazing. a lot to um, make it feel like it was worth it somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can help other people get better
0: oh i'm sorry margarita that is crazy
3: and i gave it to the rest of my family so while their illness was milder than mine mm-hmm. they still all had like the boys had it michael had it it was yeah uh,
0: so, oh wait so michael had it and he had and he had surgery yeah. <laughs> <Shit.
1: laughs> yeah yeah my symptoms were not as severe as margaritas but they were like probably Fifty to sixty percent severity of what he mm-hmm. experienced, but um, but regarding the whole this whole past few months since mid March, yeah, it's been challenging for many reasons. Um, and first and foremost, slightly prior to the uh, pandemic, I was have I was experiencing um, a flare up in my back, so that basically consumed all of my energy, just dealing with the uh, back injury. And then then the lockdown took place, and it was almost like a break for me so I could rest and recover. But um, obviously it was just challenging with work, not being at work, not making money. Yeah. <laughs> that was a huge concern. And then yeah. once I started getting a little bit better dealing feeling a little bit better, Then um, more things just kept happening in the news and just more things to think about. Um, And then George Floyd um, uh, happened. And
0: what all that sparked, yeah.
1: It's just been like a barrage, it's been like an overload of new experiences, um, new feelings, just New circumstances, just being at home in a two-bedroom apartment with two teenage boys, yeah, has been a challenge. <laughs>
0: I can imagine. Oh my god!
1: Challenge without any kind of yeah. pandemic. You
0: know? Yeah. Um, yes. What What was the um What were your symptoms, Margarita?
3: Um. So you know, I was really fine. Like I was fine, and then one, and and you know, so we live in our building, Michael's best friend lives downstairs, in the, one of the apartments downstairs, and across the hall his best friend's sister lives there with her family, um, and she's got two little girls, and um, I was babysitting those two little girls pretty much every day, mm. hanging out with them, and after one afternoon, I was like, "Oh, they really wore me out. Yeah, I was like, extremely tired, I went to sleep, and then I woke up, and i had a fever i had chills like i've never experienced before and it was just downhill from there like wow. getting this cough i couldn't breathe like it was really it was scary it yeah
0: was really scary. yeah we I, th- I think david and i both had it we don't but on. we not sure <laughs> cuz they were so mild you know that i'm like was it allergies or you know, because it was that kind of thing. It wasn't even like, oh, do I have the flu? You know what I mean? Like, because we didn't even have a fever or chills or anything like that. So, I don't know.
2: But we lost our sense of smell.
0: Right. Oh. I lost my sense of smell but and taste. Had
2: it.
1: Yeah. If
3: that, if you, that, that is you like must, the telltale sign. You, must, okay. you Most likely had it.
1: Because uh, even the boys, their symptoms were pretty mild. Mm-hmm. We all, for about a month, Could couldn't, not taste, couldn't taste food. Yeah. Wasn't
0: that the wildest thing?
3: And it almost like it made me not want to eat because like I was just feeling texture in my mouth and it Nothing. wasn't palatable. You know yeah. so I that like yeah. I only tolerate really crunchy things. Right.
0: <laughs> for me, I I kind of freaked out a little because I mean everybody loves food, right. but like, I have an appreciation for like really Girl, good food and like salt know, and but... taste and. <laughs> thank you yes you know yeah. what i mean like I, yeah. I got really afraid like oh shit is this gonna be forever because i don't know <laughs> if i'm gonna be able to live through this you know what i mean
3: um That's my, that you said that because that makes me realize why i've been eating such stinky food lately like really strong pungent things i think because like i couldn't taste couldn't it taste <laughs> Um,
0: Michael, what was your hospital experience like? Because I'm sure Margarita, you couldn't be with him, right? Like that's what I'm hearing.
3: They let me come in to drop him off. Okay. I couldn't, pick him. I couldn't see him after the surgery.
1: Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was actually um honestly it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Actually it was easier because there was hardly anyone in there. I had it on June 5th and uh, I've had about Eight or nine other surgeries, so wow. comparatively, this one was uh, was easier to go through because there's again a lot less people there. They're controlling obviously the number of people in the hospital. Um, the hardest thing about this surgery, and it's, it was back surgery, was waking up out of out of anesthesia mm-hmm. with a uh, a, mask. a mask on. Oh wow! And it was something was different. I think they had me sealed up a little bit extra because I had even scabs on my face after I and mean, I had never had that before. So wow. I'm guessing that they were it's like a little bit extra uh, in terms of the
0: yeah,
1: precautions. So I woke up in the days, but it was labored breathing. I remember that. Mm-hmm. That was that was scary. Than my other surgeries, but um, yeah.
0: How are you feeling now?
1: Just resting. You know, a lot of time to take in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's been an interesting last few weeks because my sleep schedule is way off. Mm-hmm. So
0: right. for yeah. a lot of people, I hear.
1: I literally go to sleep at like six in the morning. It's awful. Six a.m. to like one or two p.m.
3: <laughs> That's really- David too.
1: And, and yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have surgery
2: either, so.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: what are you doing at those wee hours of the morning?
2: I, I've always been a bad sleeper, but like all this stuff that's going on, I'm like just constantly reading and I you yeah. have all this time. You just get caught up with it.
0: Right. So. And there's and, nothing to stop you, right? It's not like, oh, shit, I got to go to work yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So It's actually a little peaceful. At 3 o'clock in the morning. No, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get to watch whatever I want on Netflix or whatever. Um,
3: the Wi-Fi's good. Yeah.
1: No- <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's, a, here's something that happened this morning that, I had, I was, that has never happened to me before. Like I heard the, this bird sound. Uh, and those, I looked outside on the fire escape and there was a bird um, on the fire escape making this call or this cooling sound that I've heard thousands of times, but I had never known what bird it was. Oh, yeah. uh, so I thought it was a pigeon or something, or I thought there was a pigeon on the fire escape and in the trees nearby, there was some other bird. But then I, <laughs> I looked up the sound, you know, this is like 4.50 in the morning. <laughs> You've got the time, exactly. <laughs> I looked up the sound uh, on YouTube And it was a um, what was a a morning dove. Oh, Uh, pretty! That that sound. I I can't just you know kind of.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Margarita's saying, "Don't try, please." Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, if I do that, but
1: um, but so that was what I I did this morning. It was sort of a peaceful sound I've heard thousands of times, but I took the time to look it up and oh
0: share
1: sure, it with a few people. I, I would have done the same <laughs> thing. I
2: understand completely. <laughs> I'm with you. Yes, David's the
0: same fire way.
3: Oh my the god. It's been my, my saving grace, you know? It's like, haven't been able to, when we were, especially when we were completely locked down, couldn't go yeah. anywhere, it was, I could still go outside, because I could right. sit out on my fire escape. Mm. So it's been a whole other relationship with that fire escape. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so i wanted to kind of go ahead into that next set of questions um gosh does this civil and social unrest kind of make you feel anything about yourself about this united states of america that we live in i know for me it makes me feel a lot of emotions and part of the reason why I'm doing this is because I don't necessarily have the words for the feelings that I'm feeling and listening to other people talk to me about how they're processing and um, giving voice to those feelings it it makes me feel I wouldn't say better but there's more understanding there. You know what I mean? Um, and being half black, you know, that comes with like a whole nother set of issues that come up because of all that's going on as well. You know, like there's that whole, like, am I black enough to be able to say anything about what's happening or, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. And then in terms of the United States, I've always had a love hate relationship with it. You know, the groundwork, you know and the foundation of this united states is made of shit (laughs) and you know and we're kind of we're just living in it you know what i mean and there's no real change that's happening and it leaves me feeling kind of hopeless because this is not the first time you know and it's not gonna be the last time and so it has me feeling like ain't nothing gonna happen (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean and I see some of the changes that are happening but a part of me feels upset about it too because it's like you're doing it because you're forced to do it you know y'all are not changing these laws or you're not changing your behavior or whatever because you really feel like it, there needs to be a change like you are wrong you know and and but you're doing it because you're feeling pressure from other people you know that makes me feel rage it makes me feel like fuck you you know what I mean So that's how I feel about it. (laughs) How do y'all feel about it?
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just like I said before, it's just like an overload of emotions, you know, like dealing with um, a lockdown, um, you know, just dealing with my own personal health issues. And um, it's just been a challenge overall. But in terms of my, how this whole sort of social and uh, unrest is affecting me now. Um, like I said, yeah, it's it's like what you said, actually. It's kind of hard to put into words just because it's these new experiences that are I'm watching on TV or looking up on my news feed. But what I can say with some certainty, I think this for some reason feels like a little bit of a tipping point um, i you know i know some may think it maybe there's going to be very little change or this and that but this just feels different for some reason and i think it the reason it feels different is because it's just it's sustained i think it's been like 3 weeks now consistent pro you know protest it's it's basically pervaded everywhere, you know, it's just everywhere. It's like in the air, It's just like pollen. It's just like in the air, everywhere. Like, um, so you know, I, I think it's just for some reason. I think it's there's something a little bit that feels different now. That I think there, there's going to be a lot. I think there's going to be more change than just diversity committees that are set up. You know. Right. What I'm it's just like, I think it's going to go beyond that, but I'm I hope, hope so. Hopeful that it will. You know? Right.
0: I mean, you know, I do see people making steps, like the school that my daughter goes to. You know, there were a couple of incidences that came to light because of what's happening. And, you know, they are making steps towards it. And I'm very interested to see how the parents are going to react and how they are going to either come together or go against what's happening. But what makes me, ups- part of what makes me upset is that I know they are gonna be okay with it because they're forced to be okay with it. It's not something that some of them actually believe or want, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know I shouldn't think of it that way because at least change is happening, right. but that underneath thing, that, that like boils me. Right. You know?
3: Yeah. I don't
0: know. What about you, Margarita?
3: Well, so it's brought up, it has also brought up a lot of emotion for me. You know, um, I'm not Black, but I've, but I can, I feel like I can, I have witnessed my own friends experiencing microaggression and outright racism, um,
1: us too. Yeah, us us too. I was,
3: was going right? to say, I was going to say. I don't want to, and that's the thing though. It's like, I, you know, I, I go between like having experienced the same kind of stuff, but also yes. I'm, I'm very aware that I'm not black. Right. You know? And, you know, I'm browner at different times of the year. And maybe during those times of the year, like I, I also get, you no, know, that's actually not true. Even, even in the winter, I still get microaggressed, <laughs> yes. you know? Um, it doesn't really matter, like, the time of the year. And I feel like Filipinos, I've always felt, actually, the Filipinos and Black people have a very kind of, like, it, their experiences align a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen as, like, the Black sheep of the Asian community. Asian like, community, yeah. Not really yeah.
0: Asian. Around Asians.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Enough, you know? Um, and so it, I found, at least with my friends, like, growing up, that, that was like the kind of kinship that we um experienced together. And um even now it's like the same kinds of people that it's the same people, those my high school friends that were having these conversations about what's going on right now. Um so it's it's been difficult, you know, and it's been difficult working in a predominantly white um environment um to there's a couple of things, you know, there's there's um, they're the, my white colleagues who really are trying to understand and trying to make changes and do better. Um, and I, I applaud those efforts, but sometimes having to... Um, I'm glad they feel comfortable coming to me, but sometimes it's a lot. And it's exhausting to have to continually um, explain or live things over again for their benefit. Um, And it's been exhausting. I have to say, like, the past couple of weeks have been really, really exhausting because um, where I'm working, I work in a school environment. And um, I'm a grammar school nurse there. And um, they're, they really are trying to make changes. They're really, like, and it is at a point, we've done, like, diversity, equity, inclusion training before, you know, but that's we did it for like a few weeks and then it was done you know but this feels different like this we're supposed to be on summer vacation and we have faculty wanting to do more work wanting to like um do better so they can do better for the kids and that's been a lot
0: oh yeah yeah Um, Margarita's you know, getting the, emotional y'all And I'm getting emotional along with her
3: Because you know we really want to do I think you know And that I think speaks to the school And it speaks to those teachers Who care so much That they want to understand And want to, to Not only like get Better for themselves But get better for the kids And that's right. a lot to me because my, yeah. my boys are at that school, you know, and so that means a lot to me that so much change is happening. And I, I hear what you're saying because, you know, it is a predominantly white school. Um, but when, you know, you have the head of school coming out with a statement, and then each division head coming out with a statement, and the, the, the board president coming out with a statement, I think even if it's not fully understood it's it's a step in the right direction and that definitely gives me hope.
0: Thank you for that. Yes. What about you David? How are you feeling about this Uh, United States of America (laughs) and this time that we're living in right now?
2: I think Nikki thinks I'm crazy because I think it's I feel it's more than just a tipping point. I just feel like a lot of change is going to come. And a lot of the little things that really make the difference, not just like big things, people making statements and things like that, that just fall by afterwards. I, I just really feel like these, it's a, it's a, people are aware. COVID-19 has helped with that. You know, everybody's at home and they're watching and you can sit down and really just look at things instead of just getting these little snippets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think things, a lot of things are going to change. I, and I also always have this opinion that I believe the majority of people in the world are good people. Right. And they want the right thing.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, yes. We're oblivious and we don't attempt to, you know, educate ourselves about certain things, but um, I feel like it's really brought everything to a to light and it's like, you can't, can't not see it anymore. Right. Um, you have to see these things and, and accept them and, i i truly believe the majority of people are good and they mean well even even with the microaggressions and different things like that it's not it's a lot more ignorance and just not knowing or understanding um but uh i'm 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 happy to see what's going on right now so i'm I'm very positive about it i think i'm like trump is the best thing that's ever happened to this country (laughs) not in a good (laughs) because because he's He's, he's exposed a lot of those things. Just, just his presence alone um, has brought a lot of things just to the world, also. Like, you know, they're protesting Black Lives Matter in other countries throughout the world. This has happened. Yeah. Um, and it's also just a, a part of his reaction to it and, and what people see mer- America as. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what the changes are. Um, I'm black for everybody. I'm, I'm sure most people know I'm black. <laughs> I've been on the show before. <laughs> But, like, I've experienced these things. It's not something new to me. And, but for the first time in a long time, like, I always feel like things have changed. And I've, I grew up in predominantly white neighborhoods and went to predominantly white schools. And the majority of those people, yes, there were incidents that I've had where people were just downright just blatant about what it was. But the most, for the most part, the people that I've grown up with and people that I've experienced, they've all been good people and they've all meant well. Um, Have they made mistakes? Yes. Have they said things that were stupid? Yes. Um, But the majority of people have been good and positive in my life. Um, And I feel like the world is that way. And when you look at things, when people vote, like the majority of people did vote for Hillary Clinton at the end of the day, right? Yeah, we didn't win the election, but you know, the world is is changing Um, and I think it's for the better. So I'm excited and happy.
3: Where did you
2: grow up, David? I grew up outside of Princeton, New Jersey. And even when I was, I I was born in New York City, I went to St. Joe's, St. Hughes, uh, private school was when I was in the city here. And then we moved down to Jersey right outside of Princeton. And I mean, I was like, my graduating high school class, it was, I was like one of 10 like minority students that graduated in my high school. That's like Blacks, (laughs) Asians, it was like a Filipino kid, a Chinese kid, a Korean kid, and the rest were like maybe Hispanic. and.
1: Couple other black kids,
2: so
1: um, like the environment I grew up in. Uh, yeah, basically, same thing. Like, one percent represented all the blacks, Asian, Latinos, uh, yeah. and everyone else was pretty much white. So. Where did you grow up? I grew up in upstate New York, up in Syracuse. That's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. Um, and this is a whole other podcast, but as a Filipino just growing up in these suburbs of Syracuse it's like people didn't even know, know what you were <laughs> <laughs> so I it's, it's, it was a fascinating experience growing up because I got microaggressions um, and not even just micro, macro aggressions probably yeah. thrown at me in all different kinds of environments by every race it seemed mm. and like whoever was in that group and they wanted me to be they kind of made me a part of their group and then whoever they wanted to aggress against i they just kind of made me part of that yeah or or i was the victim uh, of that aggression by any by all races so (laughs) it was like a it was a strange kind of um experience
0: uh, That's yeah. like walking on eggshells
1: every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, playing sports was probably the oh, best because it really helped me, you know, because I was actually pretty good at the sports I played. So I earned a lot of sort of respect that way. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but even, even in the course of playing sports, it was fascinating because I would get a lot of trash talk. You know, Totally inappropriate, racist trash talk. But I would be called every possible name. You know, like they
0: didn't know what to call. <laughs>
1: and that happened throughout high school, college, um, and you know, even now I get some like looks here and there about like, you know, what are you kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> have you have y'all been like um, disappointed? in any like family members or friends because of what's happening right now?
3: (laughs) I mean, I you know, it's a lot of work um, to, I've done a lot of work, and especially these past few months because there have been some disagreements about um, who was voted for in the last election um, and, um, you know, why they could, or how they could think that, he would do anything good for us you know um and as i've been like trying to understand it's just such a generational thing it's not even yeah. like a, a racing it's a generational thing and um i've been trying to be understanding and also using like little bits of my my own culture to kind of um juxtapose what they're saying to me to for them to see like what's wrong with or maybe not what's wrong but what's different you know Mm -hmm. like how their their core beliefs don't really align with this current presidency yeah 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 Yeah. it's it's slow slow work so
0: yeah because i mean for the most part a lot of people don't don't want to change their minds Right, right. Like you know, they if they're talking to you about it, it's really not for them to learn to be open-minded and to learn. Right, you know, it's to let you talk because you feel like you need to talk about it, and that's it. Right. right, or to be right on their part. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. What about you, Michael? Any like disappointing moments that you've gotten from friends or family?
1: Not necessarily. Yeah, you know, I have some friends that, you know, we have some opposing views on um, trends that are going on now with the coronavirus, you know, so, and it basically comes down to which news sources are you giving uh, credence to? Mm -hmm. So, if I present someone with five articles for about coronavirus trends that person could easily just come back and say I don't even trust those numbers (laughs) (laughs) right no I don't trust that source you you know and that recently just happened and so I sort of took a step back and I said okay um like you just mentioned he's going to believe what he's going to believe and I'm not going to change his thinking on that so and also just brings me to the thought that like, every time we turn on the TV, whether it's CNN or Fox or MSNBC or Bloomberg or whatever, everyone seems to be wanting to be right, you know? Uh, And so, you know, that's been a recent incident where I tried to share information out of concern and then it was met with just my information sort of just being sort of downplayed a little bit Mm. you know and i just told my very close friend i just said just be safe you know wear a mask you know just
0: at least follow
1: all the guidelines um and i sort of you know kind of just took a step back he's a he's a grown man so he's gonna he's gonna make his own decisions for him and his family i feel
3: like we've said that that statement so many times. Yes. She's a grown woman, you know? She can make her own decisions. Yeah. But it's like seeing it, like realizing that it's just, you you know, there's not, there are just some things that will not change. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think my only disappointment has been in when all the protests began that I haven't heard from people,
3: Mm.
0: you know? So, I mean... from your friends? Yeah. You know, I'm like, really? Like, and then I tell, and then I asked David, I'm like, is it because they don't remember that I'm half black? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) but even so, you know, my husband's black, right? So like.
3: Your kids are black. Yeah.
0: You know, like, why wouldn't you call just to be like, you know, I'm thinking about y'all. Like, you know, especially because now I know that a lot of my friends have been getting calls like, yo, I'm with you. I stand with you and everything. I'm like, I didn't get that shit. (laughs) That's tough. (laughs) You you know, but then also it's like, you know, I know y'all, everybody has their own life that they're living right now. You know, and I don't know how tough your own situation is, but I don't know. I, that's been my only disappointment. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm I'm not disappointed in anybody. I, I expect it to be that way. <laughs> I'm not surprised by it. Um, um, I even enjoy debating those things with those people. Um, just because it, it helps me think about how I present things. Also, when I you know if I want to educate somebody, how can I go about it differently? Um, right. I I understand like. S- I understand like what you're saying like it's hard work and it's uh it's hard.
0: Uh, it's hard to hold space like that. Oh my gosh.
2: But I I enjoy that that space. I enjoy that that challenge and uh <laughs> <laughs> I want to have those conversations
0: and I
3: feel you. I feel you there because that, as hard as it is and as draining as it is, I do um I am like I am touched that people trust they, me and yeah. you know, yeah. confide in me and or to be able to vent, even if they just need to vent. Right. Um, that's my learning is to not take that personally and just realize they needed like some outlet, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And for me to fix anything, it's just to be here. Um, yeah. so and that's yeah. part of like learning how to take care of yourself too, right? Like Exactly. Right. Yeah.
2: And I feel like they they as much as even if they're just trying to be right, I feel like they're learning something from it i like I feel like you cannot not take away something from an exchange
3: right
2: um, They might not want to admit in that that moment that you're right, but you know they might go home and do something differently um, yeah. and, and, it, and it, or even if like we have a my sister's boyfriend he's having conversations on Facebook, and I'm like. He's, he's getting fed up with it, but I'm like, there's other people that are watching these conversations and looking. They might not be interacting, might not hear their voices, but people, they're, they're watching and they're, they're listening. Um, so I, I keep doing it. That's all I can say. Yeah. And even though it's stranding and some people are like, you know, why do I have to teach you to go Google some information and go educate yourself? <laughs> it's definitely different putting that human interaction in and yeah. voice or... That emotion that comes with just interacting with somebody, I think it's different.
3: Have you?
0: I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead.
3: I was just wondering. Like, I'm curious. Like, um, what your um, your conversations with like Zora or with your daughter have been?
0: Yeah. No, that's okay. (laughs) Um, The thing with Z like we've always had conversations with Z about race. and we've had it with her since she could kind of, since she could talk, really. You know what I mean? Um, and then she had an incident at her school where she experienced it um, uh, two years ago, I think it was, um, where a little boy said that her skin looked like poop um, and that she should get better skin like his skin. Um, and so that was an interesting conversation. That was like. When it hit home for her, because I had to explain to her that that comment was racist and like she knew what racism was, but she didn't put the two together. And it was so the rage that she expressed, I was like, oh, my God, I broke my child. You know what I mean? Because she was so mad, Margarita, like she like if she could beat her chest you know what I mean like she would have like she was so mad and so like indignant like what you like if she could curse she'd be like what the fuck you know what I mean um
1: a couple more years to say that
0: right (laughs) (laughs) and um and so now the conversation is not new and it's something that we've spoken to her about. It's just something that's happening again right now. And she gets to hear the debate between David and I about, (laughs) is there gonna be change? Is there not gonna be change, you know? And then we have his sister and her boyfriend that comes over often and we she gets to hear those debates as well and so i think that's really good too because she could kind of sit on the sideline without having to add anything to it and just like take in information you know what i mean um um but when i ask her how she feels about it it's really i don't think she even has the words for it you know what about you guys
1: um I've had a lot of conversations with my boys years and years ago about race. And uh, <clears throat> a lot of them centered around sports, actually, because <clears throat> during a lot of the times I played sports, I would experience racism, mm-hmm. you know, uh, race, everything from being called the N-word to all the Asian slurs, um, slurs to the Latino ones as well. I mean, wow. <laughs> all around, yeah, so. I had to explain to the boys about how perhaps a little unique, you know, it's not unique to, to just us, of course, but uh, it's, it's sort of a rare situation where there's confusion over who you are, what you, where you're from. So you may have to explain that a little bit. Um, and then you, you have to be aware of people's ignorance and you have to control your reaction to it. Okay. so I've had these conversations with the boys, um, like I said, just because of the instances I've had throughout my life, and I was able to share a lot of those stories, which are, um, you know, very poignant moments, which, you know, you can never forget, you know, those yeah. types of moments. Um, and it's interesting because as a Filipino playing a lot of sports and whatnot, like, for example, in basketball, there's going to be a mix of white players, black players. But in every team I've ever been on, I've basically been the only Filipino team or probably the only Asian on the team. You know, I played college basketball. So, I mean, wow. in, in the 90s, so way back. But uh, <laughs> uh, that was an ex- you know, experience uh, unto itself. But so essentially I've had a lot of these conversations. So the re you know, in recent events, um, I showed them images of protests, just uh, a half block away from here. When they first started, We, Margarita and I went out to support and we recorded some of it. The boys were sort of doing their thing with friends and they weren't a part of that, but um, I uh, went online. I, online yeah. So so I uh, showed them the footage of that and just re-explained a lot of those same lessons that we had you know talked about years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's a, it's like an on, it's almost like a daily conversation. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So
3: yeah. yeah. I mean they had that's how it's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. I mean they had well my older one had concerns about the riots, you know, and about looting and um, you know just all he saw was destruction you know, and didn't understand like why that would be. So then that launched this whole conversation about, you know, like I talked to him about the 92, like, you know, when I was around his age, it was uh, the 92 riots in LA Mm. and you know, how my parents would not, would not discuss that with me, you know, Mm. they
1: discuss
3: what that's happening over there. Um, you know, but then like over here in New York, the you know the, the incident with in Howard Beach, like all of that happened, and um, it and it became closer to home. And I had to say to them, like I had I had questions to ask, and they I had to turn to my teachers, you know, to mm-hmm. to talk about that. And I told him I wanted to, I sure he can turn to his teachers, but I I want us to be like his first uh, go to for information. Mm-hmm. So you know, we talked about like. What would drive a person to that level of response? You know, c- could he even picture what, how Hello? desperate somebody would have to feel um, to need to respond in that violence of a manner? Yes. And it's usually, because they feel like they have experienced that violence themselves, and it's mm-hmm. been after years of trying so many different things, peaceful things. Loud things, and there still has been no response, and the response has actually gotten worse. Um, and so there's that thing where that's the last that's what they feel like they have to do, you know.
0: Yeah, that Um, was well said. So, yeah, yeah. How about you, David? Have you had conversations with Z that I haven't been privy to?
2: Um, not really. It's she's you're we're always. Together usually, when we're talking about these things, um, I think she has a better understanding I shouldn't say a better understanding there's times where I feel like she's not aware of what's going on or like she but then she'll say these little things and I can't think of what she says, but she'll say little things and like oh, like she gets it. Um, and I think just also, I feel like it's something being in the school that she's in and like me growing up in that same situation like when my parents moved us to jersey my mom was very much like you know you're a black boy like you need to be a certain way and this and that um so I think but I was like I didn't need my mom to tell me that because like I went into the school and it was very apparent <laughs> <laughs> that I was different even from the black kids like I was the black kid that lived in the white neighborhood so I had to deal with that also um so I think Z, she already feels those things already. Maybe not, you know, it's not in the forefront of her mind all the time, but there's always that lingering feeling, I feel like. Um, so I feel like she already understands it. Um, she may not have the words necessarily for it, um, but there's an understanding of that. She is different, the world sees her differently. Um, the world treats her differently. Uh, yeah. And she is already, I can see by the friends that she chooses, the way that she navigates that. um, So, no, but I haven't had any side conversations.
3: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny. I I had asked them, like, don't they feel, like, don't they, how can they not feel, you know, the pain or how can they not Mm. empathize with what um, Mm. someone, like someone of color is going through when they are, people of color as well mm-hmm. and you know it was, my older one very calmly said to me you know our experiences like your experience growing up is very it's different, different yeah. and so i can see why you feel so strongly about these things mm-hmm. but it's not that's not my experience no. mm-hmm. And he really was like oh yeah i, <laughs> okay. uh,
2: but, I have yeah. a little brother too and he's." 11 years younger than me, you grew up in the same neighborhood. His experience completely different than what I w- went through. Yeah. And it's def- definitely a better experience than what I had also. So I'm I, seeing that I know the world is changing.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Um, and like, these younger kids as they're growing up, it's like, you know, even at the protest now, like you see a lot more white young kids that are out there.
3: Yes. And,
2: you know, they're raging mad. They're just as mad as swim of the black, if not mad some of them. I actually not say that, but, but it's just <laughs> there's, a, there's an anger and there's understanding that, that, that they are one with, with everyone. Like there's, there's no one that's black or white anymore.
1: Well, that's what makes I, it different, like you mentioned before, is that it's happening, all these protests are happening all over the world. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's completely
2: different this time. And, and just like you said, like our experiences growing up, even though it might have been 20 years ago, it's completely different from what what my kids are going through and just and just like our experiences are different than what my you know my dad grew up here in the states my mother's from the caribbean her experience moving over from to america her experience is completely different than what my experience was mine and my sister um and the world the world has changed for better definitely and
3: <laughs> i mean okay so let's n- niggle nicolette let's let's think about um Right There's, there, right now, I mean, I don't know if, we, you know, here in the independent school system, we have seen these young voices rise up yeah. and, um, you know, claim their pain yep. and share their pain and doing it with uh, the knowledge that they are trying to effect greater change for those that are coming after them you know a lot of them have left a lot of them are you know and it's and i you know i've i've spoken to someone who has since graduated who has you know been contributing and experiencing and and feeling all this and um they are really just empowered right now and i think that is a huge thing
0: yeah that is a huge thing
3: Okay.
2: Yeah, I, I tell Nicolette this all the time. I was like, <laughs> I think the world is a beautiful place. Even the the ugliness and all the things that happen in the world. I think it's 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 the beauty of the human experience on this earth. But you know, like just the way the world is different now. Also, with the technology, like you're able to touch so many people, and you're, people are able to see these things happening. Mm. And it's like you can't keep things hidden anymore. So and just like these kids they have they have the power they have they can build their own platforms to talk about these things and and everybody's talking about it. so change has to happen it's like you know white people are not notice those cameras those iphones it's like the best thing that's ever happened yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing, you know, so it's like you can't you can't get away with things anymore
1: the thing that's going to really affect the change though uh, it's great that we're having all these everyone's expressing themselves and uh putting everything out there i think the real change is going to really it's going to happen when um people of color are are in much more powerful positions Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah so i mean you know as like in government i think it in all levels in all levels yeah. yeah yeah i mean i think demographically as i don't know what the stats are exactly but whether it's 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road, I know that there's going to be a big shift in the uh, background of the racial makeup of the United States. So I mean, it does feel like, um, like there is this evolution taking place uh, and it's going to be, you know, again, maybe a couple generations down the road where instead of, you know, a governing body being 95% white. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's going to be, you know, 49% white. Exactly. <laughs> you know,
0: That's...
1: I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> whether it's 30, 40, 50, I don't know how long
3: that might happen. I mean, I might be dating us, but we are not that much older than the civil rights movement, you know, like, mm-hmm. I and and when i think about that that's just you know the civil rights movement's younger than my than our parents you know yeah it's, yeah.
2: No, it's like it's it's not we're not that far removed, like you said like my grandfather he's 93 now and like when i've heard stories about what he went through back in the day and for him to see like we had a black president and for him to see the things that we've been able to go through an art and, ex- and hear our experiences, it's, it's amazing to him. Because right. it's something that he could have never pictured. And he's, you know, he's still alive. Like, he's still here. So like, for people to think that, uh, you know, like racism, I don't know, Nick, I feel like Nikki sometimes she's like, it needs to stop today and change the next day, right?
0: But, no. Like,
2: <laughs> but like, those older white people are still alive. And like, there's Exactly. You know, like, so right. it's like we we still haven't completed a cycle type of thing for me. Like, right. you know, like as as time goes on, things have changed a lot yeah. over the last hundred years, really. Um,
3: I saw a meme the other been year. like
2: fifty years. <laughs> you know
3: about Ruby Bridges? She's only in her sixties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Um,
2: so it's things have changed a lot, and they're going to continue to change. And it's only been for the better. So. <laughs>
0: All right, so I think we're going to wrap up wrap it up, um, but before we go, are there any last thoughts, any I don't know seeds of hope you'd like to plant into the listeners minds, any maybe seeds that you want just people to just kind of think about and mull over?
3: I think um, I think you know as like we are experiencing all these different things and, I, and it's all tied together, right? the pandemic. And the civil and social unrest. I think it's really important, you know, as much as we're speaking, speaking, speaking all the time, to also remember to listen um, and to um, try to consider another point of view. To, you know, to just experience maybe somebody else's train of thought and see like where they're coming from and why they may be thinking that way. Um, you know because then we're not doing anything better than the people that are fighting in the government right now and then change doesn't happen so you know just to listen and consider and to vote you know yes. primaries on tuesday we need to get out and vote yeah and vote in november yeah
1: yeah
3: what about you michael
1: uh, well actually it's this is kind of a cool quote that uh I just heard recently from someone that Margarita sort of introduced me to is uh, Jane Elliott,
3: Yes.
1: (laughs) And so I was recently watching something with her. uh, She dropped dropped a serious gem at the end of this little talk.
0: She's amazing.
1: Yeah, she she said something like, uh, she said, she said, we don't need a society that is colorblind We need a society that is no longer Blind to color Yes So I was like whoa (laughs) (laughs) That really You know sort of signifies And it's so Pithy in terms of Its message Um, Because you know we're talking about race We're talking about um, You know Civil unrest and protesting, riots and looting and, and such heavy subjects. And I think it all comes down to just how we treat, how we want to treat people and um, how we want to be treated. You know? And so that, that, that at the core um, is what David was talking about too, in, in, in believing that there mostly everyone is, has good in it. Yeah. You know? so. Um, so yeah, that Jane, Jane Elliott quote kind of stuck with me a little bit.
0: Yeah, that was gold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> David? Uh, yeah,
2: just like, like I was saying before, most people are good. Majority of people in this world are good. And even these, the racist white person that you, <laughs> that you, that you're in, in uh, interacting with or you know they're they're scared too like a lot of this stuff comes from fear and yeah. and if if i was a white person i'd be scared I'd be scared of some of the things that are going on right now um so it's not you know if it was the other way around it's it, it makes sense it makes sense to me and if i if i allow myself to see it from their side sometimes um it all makes sense is it right no but um if you slow down and you know just try and listen sometimes just like you guys were saying just listen to other people um, and you might have to go at it a different way to make them
3: understand yeah
2: be patient
3: there was a term that I heard uh, recently um, and it was micro interventions
2: <laughs> yes I
3: haven't heard that <laughs> take little little was, yeah. little uh, moments of intervention to mm-hmm. affect small change Thanks. that gradually build up into bigger and bigger change so yes. You know, flip that a little bit. <laughs> okay. There you go. I like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all right. So I think we'll end the show here. Don't hang up, but we will say goodbye to our <laughs> listeners. So, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Y'all are so fucking amazing. I love y'all so much. Um, and I hope you like what you're listening to, um, subscribe, rate, and share, please. I love y'all deuces. Say bye, everybody. Bye.
1: See you later.